0: going to be reading, if you want to turn in your Bibles, to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, and we're going to read verses 22 through 24. While you're turning to your Bibles, if you want to, I just want to go ahead and tell everybody, uh, Tim mentioned the wee cherubs, but also uh, everything else is happening this afternoon too. We're so excited to see everything back. I know the the children are having like their drama rehearsal for their next uh, thing that happens in May, I think. Um, children's Choir has started back. Uh, the Youth Ignite Choir, 6th through 12th grade. Um, so if you have any questions of when stuff is happening, you can catch me in the lobby on the way out, and I'll make sure you know when your family can show up this afternoon. And um, and then the other thing I'll say is just an emphasis on the revival that is coming. We are already in a sense of revival. We feel that Holy Spirit all the time here, and um, we just are really excited to see what's going to happen in those four nights. And um, also that Monday morning, there's going to be a evangelism workshop with Andy Lambert that anybody's invited to. So keep your ears open for that as well. Mark chapter 11, starting at verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Wonderful and loving God, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank You for everything You're doing in our life right now, God. Lord, we thank You for what You've already done. We thank You for what You're doing right now. And we thank You for what You're about to do. Lord God, remove any kind of anxiety, any kind of stress, any kind of physical ailment. There's illness, Lord, and just there's so many things that are on our heart and our mind right now, God. But let us just be reassured that You are the great physician, and you can remove all those things. And Lord, now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my dearest Lord Jesus, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. So we are wrapping up the goat sermon series. Um, If this is your first time here, make sure you let us know on the way out. Like we mentioned earlier, there's a little goodie bag we want to get to you. If it's your first time watching online, same thing. Shoot us a message in the chat while you're engaging in worship and let us know, and we'll get information to you as well. uh, But if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Chris, pastor of youth here. If you're visiting, you wouldn't know that. Um, But since I don't get to preach very often, I'll hold my sermon to like 50, 55 minutes. And... um, (laughs) You laugh now, but (laughs) um, I shared with the 815 crowd earlier, there's a a story about a preacher that had a big Band-Aid on his face. And so he stood up and he said, I don't get to preach very often. And he said, I know everybody's going to ask me about this giant Band-Aid on my face. And so I'll go ahead and tell you, I was getting ready for church this morning and I was looking in the mirror and I was thinking about my sermon and I cut myself shaving." So he went ahead and delivered his sermon, and then later that afternoon, um, after the collection plate was counted, uh, somebody had put a note in the collection plate, and so they gave it to the pastor, and the note read, next time you're looking in the mirror, maybe you should think about your face and cut your sermon. <laughs> Wise words. Wise um, but we're wrapping up this sermon series, and you know, it's the, we call it the GOAT, and for those that don't know, it's the acronym of the greatest of all time, and we mentioned people, um, like famous athletes usually get labeled with the GOAT very often, like uh, the Williams sisters in tennis, uh, Tom Brady in football, um, uh, Tim likes to mention Michael Jordan, but we know that's not true, because um, the greatest player couldn't have went to Carolina, and then after last night, so... That went over a lot better than the 815 sermon. So so the goat sermon series, though, so we talked about Jesus being the greatest of all time. And uh, we talked about Jesus being the greatest preacher. Uh, We talked about Jesus being the greatest healer. We talked about him being uh, the greatest leader of all time and also the greatest genius in all of his wonderful wisdom, the greatest genius of all time. But last week, we did talk about the healer last week. And with all four services, uh, if you were blessed by the healing service last week, give me an amen. 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 It was wonderful. And um, we just, we continue to hear stories um, of continual healing that is still happening after last week. And but I do want to remind everybody that it doesn't have to be at a healing service. Jesus can heal at any time. And so like whether you're here this morning, maybe you weren't here last week, We still will pray for healing over you anytime we ask. There is something about the body of Christ praying for one another. Um, If you need prayers, you can send prayers to our prayer team with Pastor Barry at amen at pvumc.net. Come down to the altar and we will pray with you anytime. We believe there is wonderful working power in Jesus Christ. Amen. So the goat, as I was preparing for this message, I had a little bit of a hard time at first trying to think about where I wanted to go with it because, you know, we talked about him being specific uh, things like teacher, preacher, and all this kind of stuff. And I had that one pop in my mind. So I started to ask myself a question. How can we take what we learn from this series and how can we go tell others? How can we take what we learn and go tell others? Because it's important for us to share those things. As I told the uh, kids a minute ago, to take the gifts that you receive and go share those things. So I'm going to focus on that this morning. And um, the word teacher kept coming in my head because that's what Jesus did very often. He would take what he knew, which was everything, and he would teach people and then what they would do is they would take it out, right? And that's what teachers do. Teachers in our classrooms right now, and our teachers need your prayers more than ever right now. Um, I'm a little biased because my wife is a teacher of 20-something years. And, um, but teachers have always needed our prayer um, in our school systems. And I mean, even our Sunday school teachers, everything. I'll tell you, my teachers needed extra prayer when I was in school. And they, uh, one of them specifically I shared earlier was uh, Miss Buffington. I had the same math teacher in high school for three years. Uh, Not because I failed the same class three times, but my freshman year, um, I had her, and then the next class, like, she moved up also, so then I had her my sophomore year, and then I had somebody different my junior year, and then my senior year, I got her again. And I still remember, it was so funny, was I walked into her class, and the, um, as soon as you walk in the door, her desk was immediately to the left, and I walked in through the door, and I'll never forget her expression. She, she was sitting at her desk, and she looked up, and I said, Hey, Miss Buffington, and she said, Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> I said, I am not the sanctified man. I was not back then that I am now. But um, teachers are awesome and what they do, and that's exactly what they do the same thing Jesus was doing, taking knowledge, teaching others, and telling them to go use it just like one of the wonderful kids said. I mean, he summed it up earlier. He said, use your gift. But there's two major things that I want to talk about tonight. And they're not specific subjects that I think Jesus taught on, but I think they are an overall subject that he taught on very often. And the first one I want to talk about is his providence, God's providence. Now, a lot of times when we talk about God's providence throughout the Bible, we talk about it in a A way that is the ultimate protective care of God, like He's taking care of us. Okay, that's what His providence is. But I narrowed it down a little bit to like a provider of gifts. So we're going to talk about that a little bit because gifts are very special in the church, and everybody has to have their own, recognize their own gifts. Uh, Mine, for instance, um, I have multiple gifts, and but like one of my gifts is dealing with youth. Um, And if I look though at that gift. 20 years ago, it's much different than it is now. So 20 years ago, when this was not gray and I had some hair, um, I started dealing with youth, lost most all of it. And then, um, (laughs) but that gift... It changed every year. So it, at first it was like, okay, teach a little lesson, you know, and just kind of hang out. I was closer to age to our youth at that time. So, you know, you can share, share cool stories with them and that kind of stuff. And then as I got a little bit older, it started to change a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then finally now I'm where I'm at now, teaching, preaching, all those kind of things. And it's just, I still have the same gift, but I recognize what God has given me and thanking God for what's given me. I mean, Lord knows we're blessed here with a wonderful uh, uh, youth families and everything. So just taking those gifts and appreciating what he does and what he's given me. And I want us to look again at Mark 11 and starting at verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God before anything else. That's what he said. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, does not doubt in his heart. But he believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. You know, look at somebody beside you and say, do not doubt. Jesus knew he had a mountain in front of him. And what did he do here? See, a lot of times when I teach a class on scripture, whether it's youth or adults or anybody, I always say it's important to look at the context around the scripture. So you don't want to take like a little bit of scripture and just try to pull what you want out of it because accidentally sometimes we do what they call as proof texting, which is you take a scripture and you read it and you use it for your needs, like what you think it will help you out. And that's not what we want to do. We want to make sure we're absorbing scripture and that the Holy Spirit is talking to us through that scripture. So when you look at the context around this one, it's important to look at where it falls, like which book it's in, uh, the translation it's in, the historical context, maybe what region that the story is happening that you're reading. And like this one, for instance, I thought it was really important because if we look at the story, all the scriptures right before this, We see that uh, Jesus is coming out of Bethany and he's coming into the city. And um, to put in perspective with you, the the Palm Sunday uh, story, basically. So he's coming in and as he comes into the city, he comes across what they would consider a fig tree orchard. And it's all barren because the scripture says, though, it's not the season of the fig tree. So most of them are barren except one. There's one fig tree that's just slammed full of leaves. And so Jesus, it says in the scripture, he's hungry and he goes to that tree and he sees there's no fruit on it. So Jesus gets upset, says to the tree, you're not going to ever have fruit again. And then what happens next? He goes straight into the temple. And do you remember what happens when he goes into the temple? Do you all remember? It's when he starts to toss the tables. He's upset about the business that's being run in the temple and starts calling out the chief scribes and the Pharisees. And then what happens is they get angry. They get scared. And the scripture says that they start to um, uh, get angry to the point where they start to plot to kill him. So then they immediately leave. And on their way out, much like that fig tree that looked full with the leaves, it had no fruit. The temple... Looked full, but it had no fruit. And as they leave that temple, one of the disciples notices the tree and says, look, it has withered and dried up to the roots. And what does Jesus do? He immediately launches into this lesson and starts to tell them to basically get ready. When he says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. You see, because Jesus knew what was about to happen. He knew what was going to happen after that temple. And we know what happens after that as he climbed up on the cross and died for each and every one of us. But he says, do not doubt in your heart. And then right after that, he says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, there's the assumption there that we are a praying people. Believe that you received them, and you will have them. So I went ahead and wrote down the King James Version of that this morning because I remember being in youth group at Apex Baptist Church years ago, and we used the King James Version very often for our Bible studies. And it was a little hard to understand sometimes, but um, at the same time, I still like going back and reading some of it. And so here's here's the King James Version of what I just read to you. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Look to your neighbor and say, you will have it. Now look to somebody you don't know and say, you will have it. God is telling each and every one of us Pray, ask, and you will have it. Now, I do want to say, as important as prayer is, I got it wrong when I was first studying this when I was in youth group. I still remember getting this wrong. Um, so when I first studied it, I thought it was just a really cool thing that it says, when you pray, believe you receive it. And I wasn't wrapping my head around it. And I mean, that's, I was a young Active te- teenager, I'll leave it at that. But I would thought anything I asked for in prayer, so if I'm reading this right, Jesus says, Ask for it and you'll receive it. Lord, please don't let me fail that test. Lord, I really want to get a really good job when I graduate and make a ton of money, but I don't really want to work. Lord, I'd really like a cool sports car, but I don't, yeah, same thing. I don't really want to spend the money on it. Uh, God, I really want that girl to like me. Like, can you make her like me? So if I pray hard enough, she's going to like me. That one worked because I met Christine so <laughs> in college, not in high school. But that's what I was thinking when I first read this. And then some years later, it dawned on me that I had taken it out of context for where the Spirit was leading. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. He's talking about our spirit. He's talking about, yes, the gift is there. We have the gift. We have so many gifts to share. But once you receive the gift and your spirit acknowledges it, at that point, you have it. And when you have it, you take it out and you share it with everybody else. Amen? I'm going to read here in just a second. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. I'll give you a second, so if you want to turn in your Bible and read along, but it'll be on the screen as well. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. Now, Paul is one of my favorite writers. I love the writings that Paul does. Paul took the fruit of the Spirit and absolutely did what Jesus called him to do. I mean, to the point he's in prison and still preaching and writing about the gospel, okay? And he also quotes Old Testament scripture a lot, and he does right here. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, in this next section, this is what is summing up what I'm talking about, the spirit within us. So when the word spirit, when we get to the word spirit, as I'm reading, I want you guys to say spirit out loud, really loud together. OK. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit. searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit. of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. That sums up what we do as a body of believers, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. What he says here is the spirit is within you and it is absolutely free. The gift is free. The spirit is free. It cost one thing and it cost Jesus when he climbed up on this cross and died for each and every one of us. And if somebody has not ever heard that before, my prayer is that a spirit touches your heart right now and warms your heart. Because the gift is there for you, you just have to say yes. In the Wesleyan tradition, we talk about uh, grace very often, and you can also look at it as prevenient grace. That Spirit-filled grace is there for all time before us. And the moment we say yes, our justifying grace moment, we say yes to Christ, and He's working within our lives right then. And then the sanctifying grace that we go on and work on our Christian life from this point forward. Um, I'm going to ask Camille to come forward. I think she's close by. Oh, there she is. I did give her a heads up ahead of time. Um, I asked Camille to come up because I want to go ahead and put this in another, another way that I want to make sure that everybody understands when we talk about a spiritual gift and what it can do in the world. So if Camille, you play whatever you want. Well, maybe not whatever you want. <laughs> I know she'll pick something good. So as Camille is playing music, it's one thing, the keyboard is a gift, but the gift that she received is her talent that she discovered at a young age, but the gift is the ability to play music, right? Great ability, a lot of people have it, a lot of our team has it. But what I wanna focus on, the difference it makes was when she received that gift, it received, she received it in her spirit. And when she received it in her spirit, at that point she did what the teachers do. She took that spirit and then she expresses it through worship music and through other avenues. And she's teaching the world about the love of God through her spiritual gift of music. And each and every person in here can do the same thing. It may not be a musical gift. It may be a gift of teaching a Sunday school class or um, greeting people in the hallway with a smile or running a camera system. You could be the first person in the parking lot when somebody that's struggling in their life walks onto a campus of church and they're greeted with a smile. And it can change their life, just like that. And as we celebrate Holy Communion today, this is the ultimate teaching experience that Jesus did. He was teaching on this right before he went to the cross. So my prayer is, as we leave this place, we take what Jesus teaches us, take what we learn from Jesus, and go tell others as we're called to do. Will you pray with me? Wonderful and loving God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for so many gifts. Lord, I thank you for gifts in my life. And I thank you for the gifts in the life of your people. Whether they've discovered it or received it in their spirit, God, that's up to you and them. Lord, I pray that you continue to work on our life, God. Lord, let our gifts be for you so we can go tell others what you can do. In your holy name we pray, amen.